Welcome to the Industries in Motion podcast from RBC Capital Markets, where we'll be exploring what's new and what's next in today's fast-moving markets and industries to help you stay ahead of the curve. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclosures. I'm Michael Hall, Head of European Research at RBC Capital Markets in London, and today I'm joined by Richard Chamberlain. Richard's been following the consumer discretionary space in Europe for over 20 years here at RBC and prior to that at Bank of America, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. He heads up our European retail team and also oversees the luxury and internet sectors. Good morning, Richard. Morning, Mike. So look, Richard, I cast our minds back to December 2021 and we gave an update and outlook for 2022 for the consumer mm-hmm. space and spending. Uh, and it's fair to say it was materially different from where it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, events have created that. Uh, but I thought this was a great chance to catch up, particularly on the consumer but also the housing market into 2022. Mm -hmm. So let's kick straight into it then. Why is the housing market important for the general retail sector? Sure, yeah, great question to start. Um, So the the housing market is important, we we think, for general retail. Um, Two main reasons. First of all, for its direct effects on consumption. So often for bigger ticket items and for home-related spend. And it also acts as a sort of barometer of consumer confidence. So if you think about a house purchase, it's it's kind of the ultimate big ticket item, really. Um, and housing market indicators, things like housing activity, new buyer inquiries and mortgage approvals are often strong indicators of consumer confidence. Also, mortgage interest rates are particularly important for thinking about the disposable incomes of UK consumers as property related costs, things like mortgages, uh, rental payments, etc., typically make up 35 to 40% of the non-discretionary costs of an average consumer. So it's actually the largest item in that, in that regard. Okay, so, so it's material then. Right. Um, and how do you see the outlook for the rest of the year and how's that changed from, from where we were in late last year? Yeah, so so um, a number of UK housing market indicators show a, a clearly more negative outlook now, and that's due to a softer economy, uh, as you might expect, and also tighter uh, financing conditions, partly offset by government support measures. Um, although interest rates remain still pretty low compared to historic levels, we have seen clear tightening for both two-year and five-year fixed mortgage rates, especially at the first-time buyer end of the market. That being said, housing supply remains pretty tight. I think that's due to a lack of forced sellers. Um, Also, some construction projects were put on pause over over the course of the pandemic, uh, given supply chain issues and and pandemic-related restrictions. So our um, forecast, in in conjunction with our uh, bank's team, is we expect to see further house price rises in the near term, but we are expecting to see some moderate signs of moderation in the rates of growth now. Nonetheless, the UK government has been consistently supportive of the housing market, and we think policy will remain supportive with a, with a Conservative government in place, uh, at least at, at the moment. OK. Um, and a topic which is close to any mortgage owner's or mortgage bearer's uh, heart, the, the higher cost of borrowing, how's that going to Im- impact the consumer? Yeah, sure. So so we're thinking of, of, of that as a sort of slow burn headwind. Um, we think the higher cost of borrowing will have only a limited effect on consumer spending short term. And that's really due to the nature of the UK housing market. So if you think about that, um, we think about 35% of people at the moment own their homes outright. 
Um, there's about 30% of people own them with a mortgage, so they will be impacted. Um, but eight, about 80% of mortgages are fixed rate rather than variable. So it will take time um, for mortgage holders to see the, the effects. But from next year onwards, we do expect high, higher costs of borrowing to be more of an impact on consumer budgets. Um, next year, we'll have more consumers rolling off their fixed rate mortgages onto higher rates. Uh, in fact, over 50% of them um, will have done that by Q3 next year. The other thing to think about as well is higher rental inflation. Um, and we're seeing that uh, accelerating at the moment, actually, as a result of a shortage of available housing stock to rent. That's really interesting. So in, in the short term, we're relatively protected from the economy, but it's going to roll off into 2023, where Correct. the biggest impact will come through. Right. Um, surprised to hear that 35% of houses are owned outright. How does that feed into, I guess, the demographic picture? Um, higher income versus lower income, age, age perhaps as well. Yeah, no, really good point. So, so we run a, a UK household cash flow analysis. And as you alluded to at the start, I mean, this has got worse since the end of last year. Um, we don't think the the aggregate level of savings will be will be enough in, enough to offset now um, at the overall level. Uh, we've got household cash flow pre savings down three percent this year and down three percent again next year, and it could well be worse. Um, after savings, though, those figures are uh, stronger for higher income consumers and unfortunately worse for lower income consumers. It's the lower income consumers that are really going to feel the pain um, because savings are very much concentrated amongst higher income groups. Um, so overall, we're thinking that next year will be at least as tough, if not worse, for UK consumers than this year. And that's particularly with the impact of higher mortgage costs starting to come through, you know, in addition, obviously, to further energy price rises um, towards the end of this year and actually extending into next year as well. Okay, understood. Um, so if we then fed this into the, the retail sector or subsectors, which ones do you think are most impacted by the housing market, but also that, that inflation, inflationary pressure coming through? Sure. So, so in retail, as you might expect, homewares and electricals are, are the retail subsectors most impacted by the housing market. Um, you know, as the housing market softens, we think the UK homewares market will become more challenging. In fact, we're already seeing signs of that in, in data, for instance, you know, Barclay Card data was out this morning. The one thing about homewares, though, is it is a very fragmented market. So as ever in retail, there, there will be polarisation, there will be winners and losers, opportunities for the better merchandise retailers to take share. Um, the other sector, as I mentioned, is electricals, where you've got appliances making up about a third of the of the sector. Um, so that will clearly be impacted as well, I think, by a softer housing market. Um, and big ticket electrical goods are the sort of things that are deferred quite early during a consumer downturn. Um, again, already we're seeing signs of that. The underlying rate for consumer electricals is, is slowing uh, actually on a one-year and a three-year uh, and a three-year view. Um, the other the other sector that you'd expect to see an impact would be DIY. Um, the only thing about DIY is it does tend to be much later cycle. 
and that's due to the time lag in arranging projects. Also remember DIY, you know, in the past has been fairly resilient. It's often a way that consumers can actually save money in a downturn by essentially doing it themselves. So, um, and again, the current data is, is bearing that out. DIY is proving to be to be quite resilient at the moment, but I think it will be impacted more as we as we move further on in the cycle. Okay. Uh, I know you've done some survey work on that to look at the relative price competitiveness mm -hmm. amongst the retailers. Could you just elaborate and draw conclusions from that? Yeah, so every season um, in homewares, so the, the made, there's two major seasons a year. It's, it's a slower turn uh, retail category than, say, apparel. Um, but we run a, a relative entry price point pricing survey. Um, and that's based on the prices of about 40 products spread across four categories. So we look at kitchen products, bathroom, uh, bedroom items, and then what we call living essentials, which are things like picture frames, uh, mirrors, vases, uh, etc. And that can be useful as a, as a lead indicator for, for volume trends uh, going forward. Um, I mean, in general terms, I guess the big move in recent seasons has been, has been Sainsbury's has moved its Habitat brand, which it acquired um, from a sort of upper um, uh, end of the market of the mass market down down firmly into the mid market, so it, it's essentially it's moved it down market. Um, obviously, at the bottom end, we've still got the likes of IKEA and B and M are the, are the cheapest retailers on price. Uh, if you look at some of the major fashion retailers, like the Zara Home and H and M, they tend to price at much more of a premium in homewares compared to apparel. Um, and we think that reflects their lower scale in that category. Also, um, what tend to be very design-led offers. So they're much more in the in the middle or even upper middle market, Zara Home, um, uh, rather than uh, towards the lower end, as say an H&M would be in apparel. Okay, okay. Look, we can't talk about rating changes and, and views in individual stocks here, but I'd be right. really interested to hear how, you, how the sector normally trades through a consumer downturn and a potential bear market. Sure. Um, really important question. Um, I mean, the, the, the key thing really to remember with certainly UK general retail is that historically it's traded very much as an early cyclical sector. So it's a sort of canary in the coal mine type sector. It's early to fall, early to rise. Um, and we've seen that a number of times in the past. So um, if you if you think about how the sector trades, it, it tends to, to you know, underperform going into a recession um, or into a bear market. Then actually during a bear market, it would typically outperform in the back half of that, of that bear market um, as retailers start to um, adapt and, and change the way they do things. So they typically cut capex. Uh, they cut costs, they cut inventory commitment, they start to prepare themselves for the recovery ahead. Um, and we've seen that, as I say, a number of times in the past. We saw that in the early 90s, uh, following the housing market recession. Um, we saw that in the financial crisis. I mean, our stocks were coming under pressure in about April 07. That was well before the, the wider market. Equally, they, they outperformed actually in the, in the second half of 08, so actually considerably before um, many other cyclical uh, sectors and then obviously had a very very strong first year of the uh, the bull market which started in around sort of spring uh, March 09 um, so definitely an early cycle sector you know the other trend that we've seen in the past and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see um, this again in this cycle is that when the recovery does come through it's likely to come first for the larger more liquid type uh, quality retailers 
the, the more sort of second liners um, will typically pick up a few months later. So when the money does come back into the sector, it will go for those larger, uh, more liquid uh, retail names. Okay. Richard, well, thanks very much for that. It's, You're it's, welcome. It's been pretty scary how the sunny uplands from December 2021 20, have turned into the deteriorating outlook yes, now. Yes, yeah, yeah. But we are where we are, and it's interesting to see how you think the sector will evolve over the next six to nine months and 12 months and perhaps discount uh, a recovery earlier Absolutely, uh, than yeah. the rest, rest uh, of the market. Exactly, yeah. So let's yeah. stay in touch on this. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, we'll do. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Richard. Thank you. What else lies ahead in today's ever-evolving markets and industries? We will be keeping track right here on Industries in Motion. Make sure you subscribe to Industries in Motion wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.